Hi, I'm Lavoni. And I'm Sarah, and welcome to the Lavoni and Sarah podcast, where we talk all things weight loss and well-being. On today's episode, Sarah and I chat about how to keep weight off once you've lost, and we look at what at a, at why a whopping 85 to 95% of people who lose weight gain it back within the next two years. We're joined by our special guest, Elaine, who has lost 80 pounds. We want to know how she keeps the weight off and how once she started to lose weight, did she keep the momentum going? Now, 80 pounds is 36 kilos, uh, about five and a half stone for those in the UK. Before we dive into this week's episode, let's do a quick catch up. Sarah, how has your week been? thus far it's been good i'm going to keep this really brief because we want to use our time chatting to elaine right but the main catch-up for me was i was really inspired by our, by our conversation last week about mortified to motivated um so i've been embracing that and i've been pushing on with projects all around the home that i've already had underway and i want to get completed so that's been the main focus of my week um and also i've been settling back into a routine after being away so getting back into a normal sort of cooking routine and and eating in my way that i've been liking to do the one thing i do want to pick up a bit more is i haven't because i've been so tired since i got back um but i need to pick up on my exercise and push that up a bit more so that's kind of the one thing i've been aware of for my week but that's my week in a whole what about you I've been working on consistency because that's, you know, I'm, you know, consistently inconsistent. Not So I'm getting in at least 30 minutes of exercise. I just figured 30 minutes, if I can do mm-hmm. that every day, great. That's great. Um, and yeah. I'm loving it to the point, whereas if I don't do it, then I feel bad. So, so I do it. Um, and I'm enjoying two to three smaller meals a day. Mm-hmm. Um you know, making sure they're nutrient dense, drinking lots of water, very little alcohol and trying to get a decent night's sleep because mm-hmm. that's a big that's thing a for me. That's an yeah. issue for me. Um, and then, you know, some sunshine every now and then, you know, mm-hmm. 20 minutes a day at least. So, yeah, good. something like that. And, oh, I've also started taking some really good quality um, supplements as well. Okay. Yeah, a whole plethora They take a while to, you fulfill to, the benefit of yeah they? yeah exactly yes so awesome. uh welcome to the podcast elaine lovely to have Hi. you here thank you for agreeing thank to come you. on we have lots of questions for you we sarah you want to start um okay I'll be, i think the first question the burning question is okay how did you do it <laughs> yes <laughs> That's the first thing that people are going to say okay well yeah. obviously we're going to go on to talk about how did you maintain it but to start with how did you do it Sure. Just a little bit about my journey. Well, first of all, I got up this morning and I weighed and I was down 83 pounds from my highest. Um, But it has been a journey. And this is not just a recent journey. When I was 17 is when I first started to incorporate some healthy eating. Um, And really what it came down to for me was what I was putting in my mouth. I was actually a very, very active, heavy kid I did musical theater I was a dancer I would dance for hours a day but I ate terrible and when I say terrible food was an addiction for me I could go I was living in New York I would go down to the deli I'd have two calzones for lunch I just had no concept of nutrition um really or anything on how to fuel my body appropriately Mm -hmm. so at one point I became motivated. I started um, tracking. My mom had done Weight Watchers as 
you know, when I was a kid. So I grew up watching her struggle. um, But that also gave me some tools. And when I started, I was very consistent. I dropped 30 pounds in in two months. And I know that sounds, that is a lot. But mm-hmm. I was I was very heavy and I had very, very bad habits. Okay. So, um, yeah, so 17, I started following some of the Weight Watchers um, protocols and their points. And I had like a little sliding scale. I don't know if you've ever done Weight Watchers, but they have a little sliding scale back in the day that they used to use. And I used to use that and I used to track my food. And um, it took me about a year to lose 80 pounds. Wow. But so really you did th- that process of, of being mindful about what you actually ate was fundamentally how you started and then continued for a year so a year you did the full 80 in a year mm-hmm. that's good the first bit because I was so um obese at the time and because I had such bad habits just that small modification for me made, yeah, it made a massive change yeah yeah it was just a drastic change in the beginning but more than that I just felt amazing Mm-hmm. And that, you know, kind of got me motivated and kept me going. And but those first being consistent, those first two months were critical. Uh huh. And, and, and so I kind of no, no, it's probably the same question you're going to ask. You go ahead. No, no, carry on. I was just going to say, and how so how many years now have you kept that off? So I will say, and this is for anyone who feels any shame about yo-yoing in their weight mm-hmm. I have probably I've never gone back up the full 80 pounds but I have gone up 30 pounds 40 pounds and then reeled it back in and mm-hmm. I've probably done that five times in the last 20 years okay so that is normal people who feel a lot of shame about gaining weight after losing it if you have issues with food there's more going on there than just the fact that you make bad choices. Right. Yeah, yeah it's, an, it's an emotional, it's a mental thing. Well, it's all a mental thing anyway, isn't it? Really? Yeah. You know, the, the ping pong game that you have in your head constantly. Yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> um, so that feeling that you just described obviously as soon as you started to lose weight and I think anyone that's lost weight even just a small amount you do it you know quite quickly feel it within your body don't you um was that something that helped motivate you to keep losing weight do you think or was it just a bit of a side benefit or was that something that actually you used as a motivator that that absolutely was a motivator for me um I know in some of the questions you had sent me, you kind of talked about like the driving force, right? Yeah. Losing weight and full vulnerability right now. I'm going to tell you when I was 17, my reason for losing weight in the beginning was uh, jealousy. I had a boyfriend who cheated on me and this girl was gorgeous. I felt so bad about myself at 17 that was my motivation yeah I know that's embarrassing but truthfully I think so you know people have life experiences that kind of it's the biggest blessing now that I look at it something that was so tragic at 17 such a blessing 
But it's funny you say that, Elaine. That's what we talked about in last week's episode. We were talking about embarrassment and using that mortified feeling as the motivation to make the change. So that's a perfect example of what we were talking about last week. It's it's almost irrelevant what the situation was, wasn't it? It's the fact that that was enough of a catalyst for you to propel you forward. Yeah. 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 So that was my initial motivator. I think later in life, when I had gained and lost, um, another motivator was like being single and wanting to look good, you know? Mm -hmm. Then I had kids and I wanted to feel good to be able to run with my kids and to be a good mother. And if I'm not being good to myself, I'm not being a good mother to my children. And finally, I'm at the age where I'm using food and nutrition to fuel my activity. Uh, I do CrossFit. It's something I really enjoy, and that fuels me. And also because I want to have healthy bones. And mm-hmm. as I'm going into my late 40s, I want to feel good in yeah. my skin, in my body. Right. I know that's the thing. People think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s, I'm in my 60s, 70s, whatever. Oh, it's just too late. But it's never too late. I've worked on books where the one book in particular where the woman was into her 70s, her late 70s, and it was a later thing that she was doing, bodybuilding, because that is so important. The older you get, the more important it is to make sure that your bones are strong. And the best way to do that, of course, is lifting some weights. I mean, you don't have to go out and bench press 300 pounds, but, you know, just some some sort of weight to keep your muscles and your bones strong it's so important it's not just the cardio that's important too but yeah that's a that's a good motivator and anybody can do it at any age Mm -hmm. I was thinking I was thinking about that about um how people tend to just you know hands up me just when they get older just go oh screw it you know I don't know I don't think it's an intentional thing. Maybe it's just a slide into comfort thing. And and then I think, why do people, you know, put on the weight as well once they've lost weight? And I think they think that the exercise and the eating healthy is something just to get them from point A to point B. And then they just go back to their normal ways. And I think, well, that needs to be considered a lifestyle. It's not a life sentence. It's something that hopefully people enjoy because that's my thing. I'm starting to really enjoy it. I'm enjoying how I feel after exercise. Um, I'm enjoying coming up with meals that I'm losing that whole mindset of the diet mindset and just making sure that, yeah, am I getting veggies? I'm not eating too much of, you know, carbs or whatever. Um, But just losing that whole diet mindset, I think, helps because people go on a diet, don't they? And then they restrict themselves and then then they end, they lose weight and then they're just like, whoa, I can just go back to how I was eating mm. before, which, you know, I think why people put their the weight back on, don't you? It, oh, I'm sorry, Sarah, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, no. Uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because as I've gotten older, I've put a lot of work into my mental health. Mm-hmm. And I asked myself that at one point. I know what to do. Why do I continue gaining weight and then having to relose it? And I thought to myself, I'm an addictive personality, which is why I have issues with food. But mm-hmm. I'm also addicted to tracking and to going through the process of losing weight. 
So when I get to my maintenance weight, it's like, I don't know how to function because yeah. I don't know how to function if I'm not trying to lose. Right. And actually I finally switched from a weight loss protocol on, on my Weight Watchers to a maintenance protocol. And it's the first time in 20 years I've done that. And it's, it's helping me relearn that like, it's okay to be in maintenance. Right. <laughs> Cause I mean, yes. you know, maybe you like the challenge. Do you think that's what it is? Yeah. That, that challenge with that, you know, your personality type that you were describing. See, for me, I've been gaining and putting like losing and putting on the same 20 pounds for probably 10 years. So I get to a certain point, I lose, you know, about 20 pounds and then I put it all back on. And it's not because I go, it's not because I think, oh, well, I've done that because I want to keep going. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, I think, you know, I get all enthused at the beginning and get bored and yeah, then that's maybe, yeah, then it wanes. So a lot of what Sarah and I have talked about on the podcast has been about the mental aspect of it and consistency and and just not getting your ducks in a row because you can start at any time but even things such as purging getting rid of the crap out of your house you know things that mentally can crowd you just dealing with all of that because a lot of people you can go on any diet and if you haven't dealt with the the emotional issues if you're an emotional eater if you've been through some sort of trauma either when you're a child or you know, as an adult, if you're not dealing with that, then you're just going to fall right back into that same pattern. And I think people don't necessarily think that. They just think, oh, I need to lose weight. I'll pick a diet. I don't know. Keto, that sounds good, like eliminating whole food groups mm. from my diet. That's sustainable. Hmm. You know. But that, that feeling that you were just, just describing there, Elaine, and also you obviously way back before you started your weight loss journey, that feeling of turning to food or overeating, which obviously is a bit of a comfort, which I think, or a, or a bit of a, a lazy mindset, isn't it? We've all done it thinking, oh, I'll worry about it tomorrow. Does that yeah. ever wash over you now still? So obviously the, the tracking really works or the maintenance part really works. But are there moments or days or weeks even where it just washes back to potentially how you used to eat and you think, I'll just, I mean, obviously there has been, because you've described gaining weight, but are you conscious of that now? Because I know in my younger days when I over ate, I kind of wasn't conscious about why I was doing it. Now, now that I've changed the way that I approach food, I'm really aware that sometimes that comes over me and I may overeat, but at least I know the reason why I'm doing it. Does that happen to you or does it not really, do you think it's that bit's left you now? Oh, that happens all the time for me. It is, yeah. you the way you describe it as like a conscience or subconscious thing I am at the point where I'm pretty good about not falling into my binge behaviors yeah but there are moments when I would lose the weight and I wouldn't be hungry but something in my brain said I want that dopamine rush why this is why people get addicted to alcohol why people get addicted to drugs mm -hmm. that I would go through a Taco Bell drive drive through I, I'm not sure if you have them in the UK, so I apologize. But Any drive, I, yeah. I would go through and I would get three burritos and I'd go back into that binging and I wasn't hungry. So right. that's proof right there. There's such a mental aspect. It's never that. hunger, is it? It's never hunger. Never. 
it's that rush. There's some sort of rush and you feel great in the moment. And then the next day you feel terrible and you know that, but you keep doing it. Mm -hmm. It's hard to break until like Lavoni said, you you work on that mental aspect of it. It's the, how do you grasp that change? No, so so how do you grasp that change? So when you, so if you find yourself in a week or something where you have done, you know, drive-throughs every day and things, how do you now get control of that again? Because I think Lavoni and I are at, at the beginning of the journey and we're trying to get a, control to sort of embark on this journey whereas you're at the other end but it's still it sounds to me like there's still work that happens every day or you know at least regularly to get to get you under so how do you get control of that again well it it's still work but it's also I've learned to give myself grace and I think one of the first things you need to do to be successful into creating a new lifestyle is there's a couple things it can't be all or nothing Mm-hmm. You can't say, yes. I have to be perfect to be successful because you're not going to be perfect. You need to be able to give yourself grace because you are going to have moments of weakness, but you can't let that derail you for an entire week. You have to mm-hmm. learn, okay, this derailed me for one meal. And then you just need to make a conscious effort to get right back on track, either the next meal or the next day. Um, you know, mindset is important, your why, and then also being patient. And so many people want that rapid weight loss. And I see it all the time. I work, you know, in health and wellness and I see people come in and they lose, you know, half a pound and they're so disappointed. And the thing is you need to be patient because weight loss, a good healthy weight loss is, you know, anywhere from like a quarter to a pound to two pounds. And I'm sorry, I can't do the kilograms for you guys. Um, or the stone, but that slow weight loss is what's going to make it sustainable. Mm-hmm. And also, it's not linear. You're going to have moments mm-hmm. where you but you can't allow yourself to get discouraged. So a lot of good self-talk, a lot of reminders of why I'm doing this, and also making small goals. I feel like people really go into it, mm. oh, I've got 100 pounds to lose. Right. Like, I look at myself now and I say, man, I'm like, almost 50 pounds away from losing 100 pounds. But I never thought of myself as someone who needed to lose that weight. I said, I want to lose five pounds. Yeah. I would Mm -hmm. lose five pounds. And I said, five pounds seems reasonable and easy. Mm -hmm. Once Mm -hmm. I would hit that five pounds, I would make another small goal. All these little small goals add up to your big goal, but also help, I think, with the mindset aspect of it. That's what we've talked about too, is that, if you want to save money, say for a deposit on a house or a car or something like that, you don't automatically, oh, there's like 12 grand in my, you know, bank account. It's, you know, over time you save the money and it's amazing how quickly it can accumulate. So that's what I look at it as being. It's not going to immediately happen. And it's so important, I think, to be patient and to try and enjoy it as well. And, and think that if you have a muffin or a piece of banana bread or something, it doesn't mean that you're off a diet. It's a part of the journey. But then not to stand at the kitchen sink scoffing it in. Make yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Sit, enjoy it, read a book and make it like a, like a thing, you know, like a little... An event. An yeah. event, yeah. For, yeah. And, and enjoy that and don't feel guilty about it. That's been my problem is that the guilt that has come from 
from eating and putting on weight because I spent so much of my life being slim and then I moved away and I've talked about this on the podcast before. Each time I moved, you know, I moved to Canada initially and, and then put on weight and then I moved to the US and as I've moved over the US, I've put on more and more weight and to me it was almost like the one constant in my life was food. And it became like, you know, my friend, I guess. I don't know. That's not probably a good word to, to use for it, but that's how it was. Like a companion. Yeah. Like a companion when mm-hmm. when the rest of my life was in chaos or I was starting again, it felt like every state, you know, that I went to, that was always there. And when you're by yourself a lot, you don't, you can just go and do whatever. You're not, you know, you don't have to feel embarrassed about eating in front of people. Oh, she's eating again, you know. And and even trying, you know, I don't buy stuff to, to like unhealthy foods to bring into the house but I can make pretty much anything so you know that's what I that's what I would mm. do yeah but I just think enjoying the journey that's really what I am turning around and, and doing yeah starting to do is enjoying it and seeing those little changes Sarah like you've talked about with the eating and you know you're enjoying meal planning and, and um, yeah. not look at everything as a chore like oh my god this is so hard I have to lose weight and like you were saying Elaine break it down into smaller goals because that makes a big difference I think it's like if you have to go for a really long walk and the road's straight in front of you you think oh that's so far yeah. how am I going to make <laughs> yeah. that but if it's a lovely windy road through some woods you don't notice it so much so Actually, one of the things you just described there is obviously when, and we've talked about before, when you're at home on your own and it's almost like a, um, it's like secret eating or a a companion or something with you, isn't it? Um, Have you done your weight loss on your own or have you done it, you know, with a community around you? How has it worked? Truthfully, not a plug for Weight Watchers at all, but they are one of the few diet, I hate the word diet I just I try not to use it one of the few plans food plans that is a lifestyle but also an accountability and they're very big on community so I attended meetings just like an alcoholic would right just like someone who's addicted to drugs would they would go to AA they would go to NA that's what going to a Weight Watcher meeting was for me it Uh was support accountability support yeah you now like I feel so much less shame knowing that other people have some of the same embarrassing behaviors I did I used to hide and eat as a child mm-hmm. I would take food out of the fridge and I would hide and yeah. eat so all these shameful behaviors surrounding um how we deal with our food knowing that other people also feel that way or have that experience is very validating yeah yeah absolutely and i having support too i think is really important whether it's at home or having a community like that i know a lot Mm -hmm. of people do it on their own but you've got pretty good support sarah don't you yeah absolutely and i think Mm -hmm. um the the best thing is is almost for me is being unapologetic about the journey that I'm choosing to, mm. to take so because I genuinely don't feel like I'm on a diet and all of my life I've been 
overweight and then lost weight, similar to you, Elaine. Um, but every time I've had to put myself on a diet to do this and it's been so overly stripped, but my God, did I get it off and I got it off fast. And it was like this amazing result and you feel on top of the world, but inevitably it's not sustainable. So I have done things very differently this time, but I didn't really, I don't really feel the need to um, to explain it. So I think that's the difference is you, you can change that mindset to thinking I've changed my lifestyle. I'm surrounding myself with people, even like do, you know, the conversations that only I have, having doing the podcast, having people listen to us, surrounding myself with people with the like-minded approach to it, but with no explanation and no embarrassment or justification around it. So this is just what I'm doing and actually making, you know, implementing these changes within my lifestyle to the whole family and they're sort of coming along for the ride because it's doing them good too. So I presume you'll probably you'll do the same with your food, with your cooking. It's it's for you and the whole family. Oh, absolutely. Um yeah. I I really try to I have a daughter and um Growing up in a household that was very diet focused yeah. gave me a lot of issues with my eating. And I had a, a father who dealt with um, drug abuse and also food addiction and had dealt with weight his whole life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made sure that that was generational, that I was going to stop that, that yeah. I would teach my daughter, hey, this is a sometimes food. You, you want a yeah. piece of candy? Sure, you have one piece of candy. It's a sometimes food. Um, it's not hey, a bad food. Yeah, it's not a bad food. Yeah. It's a sometimes food. Here yeah. is, you know, a meal that's heavy in protein. Like my daughter now, she she works out at my gym. She'll get a good workout in. She'll say, I need some protein to build my muscles. You know, we're focusing on, look what our body can do. Right. Not yeah. what our body needs to do to be better. But like, look at what my body can achieve when I fuel it appropriately. As opposed mm-hmm. to look what my body looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than mm-hmm. what it can, yeah. Because you want to feel vibrant and strong and healthy. That's that's so important. And I think that is a much better mindset than do I look good that's in great. clothes. That's yeah. good. That's a bonus. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay, Lane. So what would you give as your top three pieces of advice going forward now so from this conversation I think that for me has been really really interesting and I've taken so much from that but for anyone listening that maybe even towards the end of their weight loss journey because maybe they've done you know the the biggest part of the hard work what would your top three piece of advice be either for during the journey or the maintenance for afterwards um first and foremost be patient and give yourself grace because it's going to be a long process and it's a forever process so mm-hmm. if, you're, if you give yourself grace and you're patient, you're less likely to fall off the wagon. Um, I would say don't be all or nothing. Find something that works for you, that you can sustain. And then most importantly, your mindset. Why do I want to make this choice? What is my why? And what is my goal? And to be focused on that, um, I think those are probably the three most important Mm -hmm. things to either start a a weight loss journey or to sustain one. I like that. That's great. And to not look at it as, as a sentence, you know, nourishment, not punishment. Yeah. Cause you know, I was thinking how, 
a lot of people in the Mediterranean, most people I'm sure in the Mediterranean countries wouldn't be having this conversation. I know America is like so diet obsessed that, mm -hmm. you know, the way that they eat and the way they move, they get activity. It's just part of life. And I think for somebody that has lost weight or is losing weight, that's the way to look at it. It's not, like I said earlier, point A to point B. It's, it's just a way of life. Moving yeah. and eating, you know, nourishing food doesn't mean you can't have a piece of cake here and there. Yeah. It's, it's just cake, for God's sake. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like, oh, God, I've had a piece of cake. That's it. It's over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think yeah. that's the thing to really bear in mind. Yeah. So on that note, Levani, what are you going to be cooking this week? What's your, on your oh, plan? Oh, gosh. Well, I've got some yummy things I'm doing today. I'm making a, um, a spicy eggplant. I had to write it down. A spicy eggplant and feta tart topped with some roasted red peppers and arugula. My um, eating right now, our dinners mainly, uh, are being dictated by what's in the garden because we've got our garden is still so going lucky. crazy. Yeah, I know. I'm so jealous. Oh, gosh, we have so much stuff. Um, Bring me some veggies. All right. <laughs> I want to uh, do a chicken mushroom and sage casserole just something easy you can pop in the oven maybe freeze it you know and put it away mm -hmm. um for when you need it that'd be good for you sarah for yeah. your surgery uh I'm doing sticky pork loin with um green beans and some jasmine rice um miso shrimp with garlic broccolini and it's always a really difficult part of the podcast elaine where we're like oh <laughs> and a carrot <laughs> sweet potato and ginger uh, soup and to, for the creaminess i'm going to add some cannellini beans in there so if you put like some white beans in a soup if you want a smooth yeah. creamy soup and whiz them up it gives you that creaminess mm. rather than adding okay. cream to it cream. yeah yeah so um that's what i'm doing nice. and then my lunches i'm doing i made like a little salmon salad and put some greek yogurt in instead of mayonnaise some zero percent fat some malt vinegar just to give it that tang nice. with some chopped up veggies i'm having that on crackers for my lunch that's pretty good mm. what about you sarah what are you cooking um i made a vegan style sort of nachos over the weekend which was really delicious i really thinly sliced sweet potatoes and cooked them really sort of crispy and then made a three bean and lentil chili and put it on the mm, top and then we delish. had avocado and yeah it was really really good sounds good. Really good um but the season is definitely starting to change here it's definitely getting a bit chillier so i'm going to start doing some sort of the casserole slow cooked food right I think that's gonna be my, my yeah. main aim for this week i love cooking at this time of year and also with the one things like you just described you can put them in the oven and forget about them for a bit mm -hmm. they're quite good aren't they <laughs> and, then and then freeze them i love freeze it yeah yeah love doing that um, what about goals? I think my goal for me is my exercise this week. I want to get consistent at some exercise, getting a bit more moving. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm on the move a lot, but I want to do some actual sort of weight exercise and some dedicated exercise time. But what about you? You know, me? I have one goal. I want to lose three pounds. Okay. So I know that might sound like a lot, but I think, no, that's just my goal. I'm going to that's lose achievable. three pounds. Yeah, okay. I think it's achievable. Yeah. Okay. So, Do you have any goals before we go, Elaine? Anything that you've set your mind to each week or not? My goal this week, honestly, is not even food related. I need to get my house back in order because uh -huh. it is a disaster. But no, my goal is to um, always continue loving the journey in my health and weight loss and um, to, you know, continue working on my mental health and my mindset. 
Is there something in particular that was a favorite meal of yours that, that, you know, or still is that you like to make that's, you know, nutritious that just gets you through? I mean, I'm embarrassed after you described all the meals that you guys are making this week. I'm a very simple cook, but again, it's fall. So I make a lot of chilies with Mm. good. I use the leanest ground chicken or ground turkey as often as possible. I food prep on Sundays. I make like an Asian fry with a little sesame oil and a little soy sauce um, and a little ginger and red pepper flakes. Super simple. But then I will put as many veggies in there as possible. And I I usually have a big pot of white rice in my fridge, and I know people are like, oh, don't eat rice. Again, can't be all or nothing. I love a good cup of rice with a bunch of veggies and Mm -hmm. chicken, and I eat that probably every day at lunch. Nice. That's a good tip, too. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us, Elena. It's been honestly really, really useful, and I will remember (laughs) a lot of this every time those doubts creep into my mind. I will remember it. Right. um, Stay with us as we sign off here, though. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, please stay with us. So, join us next week for episode 37 No More Excuses Using Self Discipline to Achieve Your Goals and Resist the Lure of Excuses. We want to thank you, Elaine, for giving us um, insight into your journey and sharing what you've learned. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please send us a message if there's any episode you'd like us to discuss. Visit our website, livoniansarah.com, for extra helpful information and delicious and wholesome recipes, always courtesy of Livoni. And to find links to connect with us on social media. We're now on YouTube as well. Um, We're video recording all of our episodes so you can uh, watch us as well as listen. And remember, consistency is key, whether it's to maintaining your hard work or getting yourself underway. Change your mindset and your lifestyle will be the long-term win. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.